0: Hey, everybody, who loves coffee? I love coffee. I know you love coffee. And if you don't love coffee, you know what? You should probably start loving coffee. And I got just the coffee for you guys. You can go to lionsofliberty.com slash coffee and purchase a bag of The Morning Roar. Uh, It's a partnership we have with our friends at Anarcho Coffee. Uh, It's a delicious blend. I drink it every single morning out of my French press because I'm classy like that, and it's the best way to drink coffee. You don't have to drink it out of a French press. You can put it in your little fancy Keurig machine or your coffee maker. However you drink coffee, you can get it that way. Um, you're going to get the coffee, so go to linesofliberty.com coffee. You're going to follow a link that's going to take you over there, which makes sure that we get a little credit for kicking some business that way. We get paid. It's fantastic. So make sure you're buying it through this link. And I also want to remind you that there is a, uh, a code. If you join the Lions of Liberty Pride at the $10 or higher level, we have a coffee code that is going to get you 15% off every time you buy the Morning Roar. So check it out, lionsofliberty.com slash coffee. Welcome to Felony Friday a presentation of the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, John Odermatt. Felons, friends, and freedom lovers, welcome back to another edition of Felony Friday, a weekly show right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you one thing first. I am recording this intro during the First and maybe only commercial during the uh, Democratic debate uh, that happened last night. Uh, Of course, you can listen to the reaction show uh, from Lions, Lions of Liberty tomorrow on Saturday. We'll have that on our feed. So be sure to subscribe to the Lions of Liberty podcast feed wherever you get podcasts. You'll get Mark's Monday show as well. Brian's Electric Liberty Land show on Wednesday, and of course, Felony Friday on Friday, and these random reaction shows uh, that we sprinkle in. One quick thing to say, I want to talk about the documentary, the uh, Lions of Liberty documentary, And Live Free, that's what it's called, And Live Free, released today at 9-13, find it on all of our outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Everywhere And uh, check it out and please share it. It tells our story of why we started doing this, what inspired us. And it's all set in uh, some great video that our friend Dan Smots of Goulash Media shot. And he put this together. He shot it all up at Porkfest with a little other footage sprinkled in. So please check that out. I'll link to it on the show notes page as well. And we have a special right now to promote this documentary, this mini doc, if you join the Lions of Liberty Pride today for $10 or more, we're going to give you a free Taxation is Death coffee mug. Or if you're already in the Pride and you upgrade to $10 or more, you'll also get a free mug. Or if you're in the Pride and you you know, are just in the Pride, we're going to give you a uh, a discount. You get a discount off that mug. Uh, we'll get you that code. And that's it, guys. i got to get back to watching this terrible... Democratic debate. The show notes page for today's show this is episode 193, lionsofliberty.com slash ff193. Let's get rolling with today's interview. You're going to love it. Actually, wait, one more thing. I didn't tell you how to join the Lions of Liberty Pride. Go to patreon.com slash Liberty and get your free taxation is death mug today. My guest today on Felony Friday is Angelique Knowles. Angelique was sentenced to 72 months and did that time at Washington Correction Center for Women, where she served 66 months. Prior to that, uh, she did 126 months for manufacturing methamphetamines and possession with intent to deliver. Uh, Throughout her time in prison and also prior to to those stints in prison, uh, she was subjected to abused, subjected to inadequate medical care. And she's actually documented injustice, a lot lot of the obstacles uh, that she's overcome in a book that she wrote called Angel Knows. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about her entire story. Uh, Let me bring her on the show. Angelique, welcome to Felony Friday. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and once again shout out to Malik King for connecting us. Uh, Malik is just uh an awesome guy and I feel like I say it every time that he connects me with uh you know with somebody that he has uh, communicated with who's done time in the criminal justice system and formed a bond with and uh he's just doing a uh, doing great work. So thanks again Malik and Angelique. Before we get started talking about really your struggles in the system, the obstacles you overcome, um, the book that you wrote. Let's turn the clock all the way back to your childhood, where you grew up. If you could just uh, share with the audience what that was like, what your experiences were like in your, uh, in your early years.
1: Okay, so um, I was born in Tacoma, Washington. And uh, at first, When I started to know, you know, what was going on from being, you know, an infant to, you know, what, five, six, seven years old, uh, it seemed normal. But uh, really, it was after I found out things, (laughs) it became very confusing and hurtful. And anyway, so uh, uh, my dad, who I thought was my dad do oh, forgive me too, if I get emotional. <laughs> okay. My dad, who I thought was my dad, was really my stepfather, and my mom, who I thought was my mom, was really my grandma and um so they adopted me from her daughter, you know, and so when i'm five when I'm like seven years old, uh we're on a camping trip, and they had a late bloomer son, and his name's Dan, and uh Dan came running up going teasing me going, ha ha, you're adopted, you're adopted. And I'm like, what's that even mean? You know? And then, uh, uh, so, uh, I kind of had abandonment issues from that. And then, so from then on, I don't want to give out the whole book though, right, <laughs> but right, okay. Yeah. But, uh, from then on, uh, my oldest brother who was adopted as well, we have different, uh, dads, but the same mom. Uh, molested me until I was 16 every day and yeah and um, <laughs> and it it messed my mind up you know and then when I when I was 16 I tried telling my mom who was my grandma what really was going on and she said ah he wouldn't do that to you and so I had to leave I had to go I had nowhere to I didn't trust them and um, so I ran the streets you know, and I could always go home, and at times I did when I was desperate. But it was only when I was desperate because he was still there. Anyway, I wrote about the story, and um, after all the years of um, living the life I did, I was—I made a, a career out of doing bad. You know what I mean? I mean, I survived after that. I didn't want to. It wasn't that I chose to do that. I didn't grow up thinking, "Oh, I want to be a drug dealer or a thief." <laughs> never did I think like that. It was just something that happened. And um, after all the years of going in and out of the system, uh, I thought that's all I knew. I thought that's all I could do. And because um, I'd never been to school, I barely got my GED <laughs> in prison after uh, six and a half years. <laughs> and I finally applied myself and got it. But anyway, uh, the book uh, talks about, you know, the molestation because there's so many people out there that have gone through things like this and um, need to know that they can overcome it, need to know that um, they have self-worth and um, because that strips you of all that when things like this happen to you. And um, so... uh, one day you know, I screamed out to the heavens. I was like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get this thing right? And um, <laughs> I was asking God. And then um, one day I, uh, after I got out of prison doing 126 months, <laughs> I was like, I can't go back to doing that because I'll either die in pr- I mean, I have over 13 felony convictions. I'm off the charts. And um, anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, I get out and uh, I start making meth again, and it Listen. scared me. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm going to go back to prison." And then, so I put myself in this treatment thing, but it's a spiritually based one, you know, faith based, and a uh, uh, and you had to write verbatim out of the Bible every day, a chapter. And um, when I got to the book of John, and it said, "God is love." It And I found that out. I was like, what? And it blew my mind. I was like, is that what I'm lacking? Love? You know what I mean? <laughs> he loves, so I'm lacking him. So anyway, it was just a big eye-opener thing. And um, uh, so I felt like I got it. And I felt, you know, and after I started getting into it more and reading more and forgive others and as you would forgive, you know, you need to forgive yourself. And so I felt like, that's my key to unlock mm-hmm. this thing. You know, I got to forgive my brother. I got to forgive my mom for leaving oh. me and, um, all these people that hurt me, but ultimately I had to forgive me.
0: You know, the, the re the reason I ask that question first, and it's almost always the case, um, you know, people, and you know this. I'm preaching to the choir here, and I hope a lot of our listeners know this too. But people that get involved in criminal activity, people that become drug addicts, people that um, get sucked into that kind of life, it almost always starts with some sort of trauma, and right. that's the. I mean, our criminal justice system does nothing nothing to address that. Uh, for the most for the most part, it just compounds the issue, makes it worse. Introduces you to more people um, who are suffering from similar things, and uh, to push you more down that path. So, yeah. you know, I'm I'm so sorry um, to to hear what you've been through. I I, I didn't I didn't uh, didn't know that. But so
1: basically, the book is a confession. The first part. There's two parts to this book. So the first part is I confess to everything that's ever been done to me. And I, or that I've done, I mean, it, this book is kind of a wild ride and, um, I don't think anybody's actually ever wrote anything like this because, <laughs> um, that's another thing. You've got to get it off you. You've got to tell another person or you've got to tell many people just to get to free yourself from the guilt and the shame. So there's, it's huge having the guilt and the shame of doing things that you've done yourself or what has been done to you because, Otherwise, it's going to be like a 50-pound a backpack of rocks on your back, and just slowly over time, it's going to keep bowing you over until you throw it away and get rid of it.
0: Right. Just to, just to sort of put this timeline together here, so you, you leave home, I think you said, when you were 16 years old. Yep. Uh, wh- where did you go from there?
1: Well, so <laughs> – when I, when I, this was the first time I ran away and, um, I wouldn't even gone probably 12 hours. And I called my dad and I said, I'm cold and hungry. Come get me. (laughs) So he did. And, uh, 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 but he never knew the things that happened to me at home because he worked graveyard shift at a chemical plant. And, uh, my mom, my grandmother, uh, she kept him in the dark for years. And then, um, one day I told him, you no, know, he wanted to kill Joe, <laughs> but Joe was, already, Joe was already killing himself literally with using heroin because of his conscience. So, yeah, I was 16 when I started running the streets, but when I uh, full fledgedly left home, I was probably 17 and a half, 18, almost. It's my first how, time going to jail, too.
0: <laughs> so that's you went to jail when you were 17 years old?
1: No, when I was 18.
0: You were 18? And what, what, what yeah. was that? sentence for
1: uh so identity theft uh my girlfriend worked at a 76 station and somebody's a uh, credit card was stuck to their 76 station card and they called me up and were like let's go run this card and that's what we did we went to to the mall and that was the beginning of my uh criminal activity but the reason why these thoughts were in my head to even do things like that. It's because my, uh, my mom and my uncles, see, my uncles were in and out of prison. And, I mean, it was like it was already set up for me before I, you know, it was like history repeats itself. You know what I mean? So uh, my uncle was in, he was uh, for marijuana and all these things, and uh, he had a life sentence. And so, it was you know, it was already around me you know, bikers. My mom was a bikers of a, a biker club and my uncle was a president for another biker club. So it was like, yeah, it was dysfunctional to say the least. Yeah.
0: So was had, how, how did you, <laughs> how did you bring yourself out of it? You know, you, and I just want to make sure I'm getting everything correct here. So you had that first, so- that first thing for identity theft, then how much, how much more time total did you end up serving in prison?
1: Well, so the combined time together, so I even add my, you know, being in the county jail over 29 times, too. uh, Almost 18 years of my life in the system.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. So finally, this last prison sentence, you know, I, uh, I gave my life to Christ, and I was like, I'm giving it to you like Jesus take the wheel, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, so I relocated and, uh, didn't go back to where I originally came from, which was Tacoma. And, um, uh, so you gotta, you know, I'm, it, it, you know, drugs and, uh, crime or anywhere, but, uh, cause I'll still, you still gravitate kind of to that character of person, but it's all up to me to make the correct choice to not go back to that lifestyle. You know what I mean? And I won't, there's how? just not an option.
0: So, so how do you, how do you do that? How do you stay focused on the future and not look back or get sucked well, back so Well so I'm not habits? accountable
1: only for myself, but you know, I have a husband now too. Plus I met him in, he, I met him in work release. <laughs> so our story's kind of unique. You know, I met him in work release and, uh, uh so he's been, in, he's been in the system in and out of the system four times as well. But, uh, you know, never had his driver's license in over 20 years. And we've just been uh, stepping stones and building blocks to create a foundation for our lives. We brought his uh, older brother home because he has Huntington's disease. And um, I don't know why it's choking me up. But anyway, um, yeah, so he's a hundred percent disabled. So um, we're accountable, not only for us, but for him as well. So it helps keep us on track and moving forward. I've never had a brand new car, um, I have a brand new car. I left work release with just the clothes on my back. <laughs> now I have a place, you know. I have a home. I don't have to live in my car that I stole, you know. And today we're examples. We're examples for other people to know that.
0: Absolutely. It's
1: a mindset, and once you, it's just like a, you know, 21 days. If you can make, you can make or break a habit in 21 days. But if you keep moving forward after those 21 days. It just becomes a lifestyle and it doesn't, you know, it's just a lifestyle. It's easy. (laughs) I never knew it was this easy before.
0: What's the secret to to getting it to and past those 21 days?
1: You got to love yourself, man. You got to love yourself because that's, I never did. I was so messed up in my head that, uh, I was, le- I didn't care about myself. I had a death wish. I was hoping I had to have um, to live my life like I did. You know what I mean? I was a woman out there on the streets by herself doing things that most men wouldn't do. And I would never, I wasn't a prostitute. Let me tell you that though. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, you got to love yourself. That's,
0: that's good you advice. You hey, gotta, that, that, that's good advice for for anybody, um, yeah, you know that's that's not just if you've if you've been to prison or you've been through hard times or um, before you can love other people, yeah, you, you got to love yourself. That's 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 yeah. where it starts
1: because it's like a ripple effect. It's like the wake in a boat. Mm-hmm. You know, you affect. You can either affect people or infect people. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I mean, you can like uh, just oh, the yeah. way you live your life and carry yourself. Has an impact on everyone around you. You know what I mean, whether you know them or not. <laughs> I'm serious.
0: Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So let me ask you a couple a uh, couple questions here. Um, so I mean, you've come a long way already. Um, you've made to, to look at your life today compared to where you were. So w- when did you get out of prison? What was that? So November
1: uh, November ninth is when I got out of. Uh, Work release.
0: So, so just, uh, this, just November 2018?
1: Oh, uh, no, at 15.
0: Oh, a 15. Okay. So you're coming up on, on four years, and you've made this... Yes. Isn't
1: that amazing?
0: Yeah. And I mean, the longest I've progress. ever
1: been out was a year. Wow. That's it. Yeah. And I've always been right back in the system.
0: So th- this is a good question, because it's almost... Uh, it's sort of like a, a halfway point where, where you are now. So it's been four years where do you see yourself five years from today?
1: Well, hopefully on tour, <laughs> speaking to people and talking to people and encouraging people and uplifting them and letting them know, you know, or going to prisons, talking in prisons, talk, mm-hmm. you know, talking to inmates and, you know, cause that's where I need to be. That's what people, you know, that's where I need to be so that, um, the revolving door of recidivism rapidly slows down because once uh, people find out that freedom in your mind will give you freedom out here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: peace in your mind will give you a peaceful life. Because you know, with you can be in bondage in your mind just by stewing and thinking and about everything that's ever happened to you. But once you release that and just say, I forget you, or whatever, it just changed my way of thinking. It was weird. You know, I still drive by mailboxes and think, oh, wow. But you know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, I just don't act on those things no more because I don't need to. You know what I mean? Well, it's, uh, it's,
0: it's really interesting you bring that up um, about changing patterns of thinking. I've, I've been reading about that recently. But a yeah. lot of people don't. And I, I never thought this way either. You don't really think that um, controlling your thoughts will control your outcomes, but but it really will. Um, you yeah. know, uh, the, the way that I used to think, you kind of just whatever thought comes in your head and you just, you deal with it and just think about something else, you deal with it. But if you start to be really intentional in the way you think, and if a thought comes in your head, you don't want there, you push it out. Right. I, I mean, that's right. some powerful stuff. Yeah,
1: you know, because I was an impulsive person, like uh, at the drop of a dime, if something came in my head, I would do it. But today, no, no, you know, because there's always, I believe in the good and evil. I believe in spirits, and I believe that, you know, that the enemy always wants to trick you and trap you and mess with your mind, and I tell that dirtbag to get somewhere all the time when negative thoughts try to come in my mind, Mm because it's not good. You know what I mean? And, um, um, I just, the Holy Spirit has a stronger clinch on me than, uh, the enemy ever will ever again. Cause I know who I am today. I didn't know who I was then, but I know who I am now. You know, they said the scripture says, you know, I, you know, I'm not perfect. Right. But what goes in the man defileth. no, what was it say? It says that, uh, it isn't what goes in the man that defileth the man. It's what comes out. And so basically, I try to live my life today and speak positive things, words of love, words of encouragement, instead of the negative. Mhm. Yeah. So it's huge. The whole thing is huge. The way you retrain your mind and, uh, you know, you just don't let the negative thoughts cons- consume you no more. Because that's the way I was. I because everything that happened to me. Look out, world! Back then, you know what I mean. Because I was, I was a terror.
0: You know, and that happens to a lot of people. I mean, maybe not to the same degree, but um, you know, you suffered tremendous amount of trauma. So, yeah, you know, I guess you know that was that was your way of, of coping with it. But I think a lot of people live. When and they allow those negative thoughts to dictate their life, and they just think, "Well, this is this is the way life is." And um, to to see someone like you, um, the story that you've had, the obstacles that you've overcome, and we didn't even get into um, really what you suffered through while in prison. Uh, I know you talked. We talked before the show about some some of the abuse you suffered from the inadequate yeah. medical medical care. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Do we have time to keep going a little bit more? A little bit more talk about that or do you, do you have a hard stop? I
1: can give you, I can give you a couple more minutes cause I gotta, I gotta go. My friend's going to be here in a minute, but,
0: uh, yeah, let's, talk, let's so, talk about that.
1: Okay. So what happened to me as a child, you know, the molestation and stuff. So, you know, uh, when I was, uh, I don't know, let's see, 28 or 29, uh, I got caught doing this burglary I was robbing a place. Right. And, uh, uh so the officer that transported me from that site to the county jail, he was alone. And this was at the time when Ridgeway wasn't caught, the green river killer and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. When they, back then they didn't know whether it was the cops, a taxi driver or whatever, you know, killing all those prostitutes or whatever and stuff. And, you know, so I was kind of weird. I was kind of scared because he was by himself taking me to the jail. Right. Anyway, when we get there, he take, you know, I have my hands cuffed behind my back and, uh, he takes me down to the old jail where there's no cameras. And so when he gets me out of the car, the man has an erection and starts, because re- my hands are behind my back and he's behind me. And then he's groping the front of me while he has that in my hands. And uh, uh, anyway, oh so when God. we ta- he takes me up to the, it was horrible. Anyway, I'm traumatized already by what things that happened to me as a kid. I don't trust men. No, no offense, please. Anyway, so I didn't trust men it. at all. And so uh, they take me up to the booking area, and I tell the, the lady that was a booking officer, I said, look, check this out, because he's in the bathroom, right? And I said, look, check this out. He just groped me downstairs as he brought me in, okay? And um, she's like, what? And, you know, and, uh, uh, so the next day they did a polygraph on me, and they told me I lied. They said I lied. And who's going to believe somebody they're not gonna believe me. I mean it doesn't matter if it was two minutes ago, two days ago, or twenty years ago. It's still stuck in my head that this man got away with doing what he did to me and who knows how many more women had to go through that. So anyway, uh they said I lied, so this thing carried all the way I mean it still messes with me, you know, but that's another thing I had to forgive. There's many things that I had to forgive. That was one time that uh something bad happened to me and uh, you know, I, like I said, I was in the county jail 29 times. There was another officer there that uh, uh, just told me to go bend over so he could look at my derriere or whatever, and uh, I got slapped in slapped on my butt in prison. And you know, the uh, cops some are good. I don't get me wrong. Some pe- some officers are 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 good people, but there's still the majority that aren't. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so
0: I I agree with that. that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the medical. When I did uh, this last seventy-two months, uh, possession of a stolen vehicle and identity theft, I was having these crazy attacks in my stomach. My stomach would just uh, bloat, and I would be in so much pain. It was so bad, and uh, I would do medical emergencies in the last during that uh, about two and a half, almost three years. I suffered these things. I mean, it was a. It was. Inhumane! What they put me through. Uh, they said that uh, I did it on purpose to sleep in IPU on their beds. Are you crazy, people? They put me on a gurney in the middle of the facility so people could laugh at me as they walked by. They gave me a, a a pitcher for water in it and it had somebody's phlegm at the bottom of it.
0: Oh my gosh I'm not
1: joking. And then they would infract me, give me major infractions for having these uh, medical emergencies. Because I was putting them out there. I was in pain. <laughs> so not even a month after I get out, I have another attack and have emergency gallbladder removal. Because it, they said it looked like sand was in it. It was green. Ugh. So they treat you like your cattle and a number when you are in prison. There's no empathy. The, uh, the medical staff at the Washington's Correction Center for Women is a joke. It's a joke. And there's people that have died because they don't take them serious. My friend Renee had a brain aneurysm and a <laughs> she had a brain aneurysm. Nobody knew she even had, she didn't know. Nobody knew she had any kind of, uh, uh, anything wrong with her at all. Right. She had a bad headache one day and was like, look, I don't feel right. And they sent her back to her room. She called him again she said, I don't feel right. Half her face fell. And then they finally took her serious, took her to the hospital, rushed her to the hospital. Not even an hour later, she died of a oh brain gosh. aneurysm. So the system's messed up with their facility with medical. So, I mean, there's another friend of mine, Lisa O'Neill. She was in there. She they, She died in there too. Never even got to be released. Neither one of these females did because they don't. Take you serious? They think you're faking. You know, it's not okay.
0: That's not okay. And uh you know, I, and uh, I can't stand people that. And there, there is a a group of I don't know what percentage it is of the everyday population, but they'll hear a story like this about prison, or they'll hear something about terrible conditions in a prison, or about fights or or whatever. And they'll say, "Well, the people should have thought about that before they committed the crime." You know, prison's yeah, not supposed to be that, easy. Yeah. But Whatever. you know what? That's that's completely ridiculous. That's an absurd yeah. thing to say for a couple reasons, yeah. which I, I could name a list. But I'll name one right here. Most people in prison, guess what? They're getting out of prison, and yeah. you, you don't want them to be more pissed off and to get to not get reformed, to not learn anything, to not get any skills, and to come out with a, you know, more angry than when they went in. It's a public safety issue. So why on earth would <laughs> yeah. anybody want that? Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, there's so many times that that prison should have been shut down. It's ridiculous. It's re- people, yeah, it's bad.
0: Yeah. So Well, Angelique, uh, you know, uh- Definitely, we'll we'll have you back on here in the future uh, to to hear more from you because I don't think we got to everything. Um, I know w- with your book right now, there's a little bit of uncertainty with with getting it published to get it available. Is that right? And so it's is it available so, so now? It's or, or already
1: no? published. It's already okay. published. So I had to break the contract with him. So now I need another publisher. I need somebody who is willing because I don't have the money. I, I mean, I make that's another thing. I have my first job that I've ever had, and I've had it for four years, and. uh you know, there's a lot of good things that happen, but anyway. So, but the for it to get out there, I need someone to that has money that's willing to help me get it out there because to make a difference, you got to be the difference, and I am the difference.
0: So, if anybody listening, this is serious. If anybody listening out there knows about publishing and can can help Angelique with uh, with getting this book uh, really republished uh, because she did we. We won't go into the de- into the details here, but something happened with the previous publisher, and she had to break the contract. But yeah, if anyone can help, you can send me an email, felonyfriday at lionsofliberty.com dot com, and I'll connect you uh, w- with Angelique. And uh, this because this story needs to needs to get out, and uh, she deserves to have to have this book published uh, so people can read it and people can uh, can get help by it.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah and uh uh sorry i got so choked up and emotional but how are anybody gonna know you're real if you don't have feelings in whatever you've been through you know what i mean people need to know you got it, it still helps me heal you right. know that's how people that's how you gotta heal you gotta turn you know if you have to cry cry there ain't nothing wrong with it <laughs>
0: put your pride Definitely aside yeah. anyway so well,
1: i appreciate you john i appreciate you allowing me to be on your show and uh I look forward to any uh, times you allow
0: me on there. Yeah, well, thank you so much for coming on the show and for having the courage to to share your story because it's going to help people. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be released out there now, and uh, you know, it's it might help people who maybe they didn't even go to prison. You never know who needs to hear a story like this. So
1: exactly. So that's another topic I want to just throw in there real quick. So, uh, it, so the people that out there, the parents out there that have kids that are, that are, uh, starting to mess up or whatever, it will show you, give you an idea of what they're doing wrong and where they're headed because where, you know, the kids are our future, man. That's another thing. If, if we don't be in a good example for the kids out there, What's going to happen, man? You know what I mean? It's going to get worse and worse and worse every generation. So anyway, that's huge. Yeah.
0: Angelique, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we'll talk soon. All right now. God bless you. I want to thank once again, Angelique Knowles, for coming on the show and having the courage to share her story. You know, I tell people all the time that Felony Friday, you know, Obviously, first and foremost, it is about sharing these stories, giving individuals like Angelique a platform to share the injustice she suffered from, the abuse she suffered under our criminal justice system, the circumstances in her early life, the trauma that she had to suffer through that uh, set her down a path of uh, really destructive behavior. But more than anything, more than anything, This is a story of overcoming obstacles. This is an inspirational story. And I honestly believe with everything in me that stories like this, stories of individuals like Angelique, who have seen the worst of the worst, who have struggled through this time in prison in terrible conditions, suffering abuse, and have come out on the other side and have this attitude that they're ready to just take on life And not only that, they want to give back and help others who are in prison now and will be getting out of prison to give them a better life. This is the power of Felony Friday, ladies and gentlemen. And this is why you should be sharing this show. This is why I'm starting a solo feed here for Felony Friday to make it easier for you guys to share this show. Get these inspirational stories out there and get them to your liberal or conservative or progressive or whatever you want to call them, independent, moderate friends, because these stories are powerful and people need to hear them. And this is how we're going to change the criminal justice system. That's all I got today, guys. Sign up for the Pride, patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Take advantage of our promo that I talked about at the top of the show. That's it. This is John Odermatt signing off. Always remember to keep your head up and the fires of Liberty Burnin'.